Lubbock is rapidly becoming known for its thriving, innovative business culture that abounds throughout the city. Forged by the Flatlands, Stories from the LBK brings you stories, tips, and insights about what it means to shape and be shaped by Lubbock. Join us as we talk with local business leaders and entrepreneurs to see why they chose to build here in the LBK. This show is brought to you by WonderTree and the Lubbock Chamber of Commerce. Do you have faith that your business is going to make it no matter what challenges are against you, odds that you face, or storms that are headed your way? Then you might have what our next guest on Forged by the Flatlands, Dave Marzinkowski, calls delusional confidence. Dave is the managing partner at Madeira Residential, Quext, and Viva Digital Bank. Let's hear what he has to say and so much more. Sure. So uh, Dave Marzinkowski, I'm partner and founder of uh, Madeira Residential. And uh, one of the founders of Madeira Residential of Quext, um, which is a property management re- uh, technology company, um, and a digital bank called Viva. Um, I have been in the apartment industry for 30 years this year, which is hard to believe. I've been on the operator side the whole time. Um, got the was blessed to move to Lubbock in 2004. My wife is from here. We met uh, at a wedding in, in Dallas and um, spent a few years in Chicago where I was and then moved down here and got connected with my current two of my current partners. And uh, we started Madeira and have been off to the races ever since. Cool, man. Well, I know you wear a lot of different hats, right? Uh, kind of all in the same industry, but somewhat, but a lot of different hats. So talk to me a little bit about just the the challenges, but also the uh, opportunities that have arisen because you aren't just maybe focused on one thing and yeah. you have visibility into other spaces. You know, I didn't, you don't really think about it at the time, but like we were do we were doing real estate and we were getting really good at it. And there were like challenges that were occurring, um, operational challenges that we were getting really frustrated with. We couldn't find a solution for it. And we were blessed to have a, a good track record on the real estate side. So we had resources and we had bandwidth and that frustration kind of boiled over. I was helping a friend develop a technology for our industry that was solving a problem that I felt everybody needed. And I was really proud of it. I wasn't doing it because I had a vested interest in it. I was just doing it to help a friend. The friend ended up selling it, which good for him. I'm proud of him. And I'm still him to death. The group that bought it did what I kept seeing over and over again. They took it and they said, hey, this is great. We're comfortable where it is right now. We're going to kind of mess around with it to make it work with other things that we're trying to do. And they took a really good idea and they kind of screwed it up. And so I'm like, well, wait a minute. I did that with one guy. Can we not figure out how to solve the, the, a similar problem ourselves and use some of our resources to do it? And so we, we went down this road really starting in like late 2016, early 2017. And from there, it just sort of mushroomed. It was, we started having some success there. And we're like, okay, well, there's some other issues that I don't, we don't like. Let's talk about those. And so we got into things like bulk Wi-Fi. And we got into things like um, Internet of Things, the IoT devices yeah. for apartments. It all comes back to apartments. We're, we're always going to be a real estate company. That's our core mm-hmm. competency. That's what we do really well. The things that we're doing now are things that we think make us better real estate operators. And then the mindset is, if it works for us, it should work for the market. Mm-hmm. And so once it works for us and we feel really good about it, we're taking it out and trying to sell it. So we like to focus on really diving deep and telling that story beneath the story. So right. Quext, you started it up because of a need to have these things that did not exist. I think on the outside looking in, people can see what you've built and be like, wow, this is a great thing. There are a million layers yeah. into building this. So my question is simply this. What is the effort and resources that it truly takes to get something up off the ground? Probably 10x what you think. Yeah. Um, you know, I had this I had this experience with this friend of mine. I, I spent maybe 
an hour a week, two hours a week with him over the course of two years. And he built a very complex property management software. And best I could tell, it was him and then another guy in, in a basement coding all day. And they had built this product that I was like, ooh, this is really, really cool. And so I, I, I got that in the back of my head, then this must be easy. If the two of them can do it, I surely can go hire three or four guys and we can at least do the same thing that they did or any better. And it, I, 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 can't, I can't tell you what they did. I can just tell you that that assumption I had was couldn't have been further from the truth. Um, we thought it would take us 18 to 24 months to build a core property management software. Um, we're now pushing six years mm -hmm. and it still isn't ready for prime time. Okay. Madera is using it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's just because as you get into it, you, you have a level of expectation. Like I said earlier, you know, it's got to work to help us out of Madera. Mm -hmm. And if it does, then great. It's ready for prime time. If it doesn't, it's not ready yet. And we got to keep going. Now, the beauty of it is, is as we were building core property management, we started to look at how do you bring Wi-Fi you know, we were talking before this about, you know, our, our society's need for, for Wi-Fi. Yes, yes. So we said, we came up, we were like, well, you know what? Everybody needs Wi-Fi. So why not as apartment owners, why can't we go and come up with a solution that's just on when they move in? There's no having to take time off work to get installed, no filling out applications. If you're approved to live in an apartment, you're approved to get your Wi-Fi. You pay it as a part of your rent, or maybe it's a line item on your rent at a far reduced price. Like we think we can cut people's bills at least in half. And we, we were able to prove that out as a part of this whole question deal. And sure enough, we like got onto something where that's been a successful endeavor for us. But then we got into like, how do you control thermostats and locks in an apartment community? Um, you know, it's just simply like, as we're working on one thing, we started asking questions around another thing. And we're like, hey, let's go see if we can't figure this out. And typically, you know, I, I want to add some context. To this like, we would go out and scour the universe and say, hey, we need to solve this solution. I hope there's somebody else out there that's done this that we can partner with and hopefully they can integrate with us. In the areas that we've done our own thing are places in which we either couldn't find somebody or the people that we found, they weren't answering the right questions. They mm -hmm. were sitting there and they were, had their view of the world that really didn't line up with what a, an apartment operator should be. And we're like, okay, you're not thinking about this right. And most of them would say, yeah, but you know, it's working for us. We're, we're making money, so we feel good. You're, you're probably right, but nobody's doing that, so we're still competitive. We're like, well, yeah. you just answered our question for us. I think we're gonna go off and do it. So, I, you know, it's probably 10x more than you realize. Mm -hmm. um, what I will tell you is you've got to have that entrepreneurial bug. Mm -hmm. um, when, and I like to tell people all the time, like one of the big components of that is you got to have delusional confidence. Yes. You have to believe in your heart, hell or high water, you're going to get there regardless of what's going on. Yeah. Because you're going to have every turn is going to be something you weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things are going to go off and they're going to uh, spider web out into a hundred different things. And you've got to keep coming back to your purpose and what it is you're trying to do that. You have to stick close to your values and you have to be delusionally confident that you're going to get there. Yeah. I love that. And so that actually is a perfect segue into my next question, which are what are some of the tangible tactics that you need to have in order to stay resilient in the face of setbacks, changes, literally bringing a product to the market that people need, but they didn't know that they need? Yeah. I think you have to be forward thinking. And what I mean by that is, uh, especially on the dev side. So as you come up with this idea and you want to kind of go forward, um, if you aren't thinking through what it's going to cost to do that and you're planning for it well in advance, you're going to hit a roadblock because it's going to end up costing you more than what you thought. And then if you're going to have to take call time out and say, I got to go raise money, 
there's a chance that you're not going to be able to raise the money. Um, and so, and then all of a sudden your dreams come crashing to a halt. So you need to have that financial side figured out well in advance and give yourself plenty of runway. I like for our side, it's like we try to always make sure we have a two-year runway um, that we can work with then because it takes about that long to really to make the kind of changes. You know, the bigger the change, the harder, the longer yes. it takes. But uh, I like to look things out two years. Um, the other thing I would say, if I was to give another thing was, you're not going to be able to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's whether you're attracting investors who share your vision, who are willing to finance you through that and finding those right partners um, to having co-founders or whatever it takes, a collaborative company that you mm -hmm. can work with um, who sees your vision, who may be able to do, willing to do things at a lower cost or pro bono as for a piece of the company. Mm -hmm. Don't think you can do it all by yourself. And that actually another good segue to um, bringing on team members. Obviously, you as a founder and your partners as well have a vision for how something's going to go. But then when you do need to pass that torch to somebody and let them fill that hole and maybe take the baton further than you could have, how do you get them bought into your vision? Like maybe from a tactic standpoint, but also just from a headspace standpoint. And You're talking about the team? Yeah, like how, whether yeah. it's your team or even like... I think I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to answer your question in a second, but I want to, I want to kind of hit something. Cause I think okay. again, as, as entrepreneurs or business people, I think it's important to hear these stories. Yeah. Um, we went through a period of time where we're always, you're worried about money or you're worried about, you know, can I give up control? I'm the only one who can do it. You know, yes. I don't want to spend the time necessary to go yes. hire somebody. I'm going to spend more time trying to train them when I can just do it myself faster. This, this I went through this, this period of time. Yeah. Um, and I was miserable. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize how miserable it was. I'd probably say I was even probably depressed. I was probably clinically depressed. Okay, yeah. Um, and I went through this really kind of dark, dark time seven years ago or so. Okay. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like doing anything crazy. I wasn't doing, I was just miserable. True. I mean, bottom line. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, I, I got turned on to counseling. I got a life coach. And I go and I see a Christian counselor once a week. And I love that. Pretty much like my, my sessions with his name is Bradley Roark and Bradley and I get together and, and I basically spew from the mouth for 59 minutes. And then <laughs> at the end of 59 minutes, he's like, Hey, have you thought about this? I'm like, Oh, that's genius. Uh, but like the ability to be able to in a safe uh, yes. environment, just kind of like throw it all out there and get it off your chest yes. is, is so critical. That's why I said, you can't do this all by yourself. No, you, need, I love that. you need a team. And so one of the things that came out of that was, you know, Hey, what's important to you? What are those values that you have? What is your purpose? What are you trying to do? And it really was right before that, but right after that is when Quex really started mm -hmm. for me. Cause there were things that I really wanted to do that I didn't realize until I kind of got it out there and was able to talk about it and actually synthesize that into an action plan. And then you realize, well, wait a minute, I can't do it myself. So then you go out and you start hiring people. And my partners are loved to death, but they were kind of like, you know, this was different. We're hiring high level people. And they're like, hey, what are you doing? Kind of thing. And I'm like, well, for us to get where we're wanting to go, the only way we can do that is if we hire the talented people to come in. And yeah. if you do it right, the people you're going to bring in are who are going to bring three, four, five, 10 X what they, what, what it costs mm -hmm. in terms of value to the table. And that's mm -hmm. what we saw. We built this incredible team that allowed us to go from, you know, a company that was gradually growing and being successful to one that could explode and not only explode, but do a number of other verticals. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think part of the deal as it relates to the vision is you, you know, going to your original question is, is how do you inspire the folks on your team to want to, mm -hmm. um, to do that? They have to see that what you're doing is solving like a real issue for people. And um, 
you know, you have to be able to synthesize that down to them in terms that they can understand. I can't go to them with apartment speak and say, this is why this is, you know, trust me, this is how it is. You have mm -hmm. to sit there and spend the time. A number of our key people, I bet I courted for six to 12 months mm -hmm. before I hired them. So that's one other lesson on this whole thing is if you think that, okay, I'm ready to hire somebody and you think they're going to be hired in two weeks, you're, yeah, you're crazy. Mindset. Yes. You've <laughs> got to spend the time with them and get them totally engaged to be able to, for them to be able to comfortably look at you and say, I get it. Yes. I want to be a part of this. Yes. And it starts there. And then yeah. when you come there, you have to, you have to give them the environment that you just told them about. Mm -hmm. So you have to say, Hey, this is how we operate. And then mm -hmm. you live within those values. Yeah. We have three values at, at, at at our companies, Christ is the first one, community, and then constant, never-ending improvement. And we mm -hmm. talk about those. Um, and like whenever there's a big decision, it's like, okay, how does this decision, like whichever direction we go, how does that honor our values? What are our mm -hmm. values? Tell us about, about that decision. And I think the team, you know, once they see that you're you're honest and you're consistent and that you care about them and you took the time to really get them bought into it, I think the culture takes care of itself. Let's talk about the community here for a little bit. So obviously we live in the great city of Lubbock. We yeah. are blessed to be here. Awesome people. I want to get your insight as far as just like where you and your space of things and just the things that you're involved in, where do you see Lubbock going over the course of the next few years? Well, I mean, Lubbock's obviously on the verge of, con I'd say continuing to explode. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, I moved here in 2004. This is a completely different community yes. on the, from a, aesthetic standpoint from the buildings and the companies and the mm -hmm. things. One thing that's never changed since I've been here is the culture and the people. Mm -hmm. um, I was miserable here the first six months in Lubbock, absolutely miserable. I was like, what did I, what I was like what, coming home to my wife and saying, this is, and, and the, the behind it, I was like, in my mind, I came from Chicago where it's very doggy dog and I come down here and everybody's so nice. I'm like, there's no way these people are this nice. Mm -hmm. There's no way these people are this genuine. They're all fake. Yes. And then it, and slowly <laughs> I came to my senses. I'm like, no, they're just good people. Mm -hmm. And a handshake counts here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when they ask you, how are you doing? They really mean it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing behind that. Um, and so in terms of a place to have a, a corporate office for a company mm -hmm. to raise a family, mm -hmm. there's no better place. And I've been to, I've been, I've, I've lived in a handful of places and I can tell you there's nothing like West Texas in our culture. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think we continue to grow um, vertically, horizontally, and I think our culture will stay true to itself. Sure. One thing I love about West Texas is, is we're kind of an island out here. Mm -hmm. um, you live in a big city, like when I lived in Chicago, um, it's in your face all the time. It's, you know, 20 minutes to drive two miles kind of thing, an hour to drive. Like I, I had an hour commute one way for like six miles. It takes me six minutes now to get to and from work. And that mm -hmm. quality of life here is second to none to get yes. up. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier today up in the Midwest. They were talking about how it's been gray for like eight days in a row. And I'm like, yeah, it's like sunny here. And and you don't yeah. realize that until you live the other side, how important it is to get up in the morning, like this morning, get up and it's a beautiful sunny day, amazing sunrise. And those things have a positive effect on our lives. The challenge is, is that you've got this finite com size community and you're trying to attract talent mm. to it. And there are some amazing companies. You don't want to go poach from poach from your friends. So you got to be able to sit there and attract talent in different ways, which means you may have to have more remote workers in different places. Mm -hmm. But keeping our core back office, corporate office here in Lubbock, that will always be the case. Sure. Okay. Again, so our audience, business owners, mostly here in Lubbock. So a tangible thing, What give us some insight into what you're doing to recruit workers from other communities and either 
hire them remotely or even move them here to town if that's something that you've yeah, we haven't moved very many people here okay. to town um you know i think that's definitely a path forward where my focus our focus has been has been at the college level okay so yeah. we've made a commitment to texas tech both financially um in terms of our time and hours mm -hmm. we've done it with we're doing it now with lcu yeah um we're going to do it with south plains college but we need more people who are coming here to go to school to stay here yes, and we work do. here yes we do. and so things like an internship program we have a number of interns here what's what was great in our industry there's a lot of apartment um, operators that are friends of ours who have kids who went to tech and they'll call us up and say hey my son or daughter is 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 interested in getting the business do you have anything that they could do and it's like absolutely and and you give them a paid internship, which to them is the world because they're looking for a little bit of money and you're looking for a resume builder. And then they get exposed to your culture and to what you're trying to do. And um, they're all very, very talented and they bring a, a different level of perspective. We have a number of them who've then stayed with us. Mm -hmm. Some of them moved to like, hey, I, I want to live closer to Dallas or this, but it's like they still work for us sure. here in Lubbock. And they're cool with coming back to Lubbock for training or for mm -hmm. other things. And so that's been a huge focus for us. And we're yeah. even getting more involved in the high school level. Yeah. Um, um, you don't yeah. necessarily need a college education to do some of the things that we're doing. I mean, mm -hmm. um, and so we're we're working with Lubbock Cooper, but we're friends with LISD. We're friends with the, the folks at Friendship, and we'll continue to make inroads there to be able to help, you know, educate people on the opportunities that exist in our organizations. I, I think that is a great and excellent point. It's getting the people that are already here for school, whether that is high school or whether mm -hmm. it is college, because we have several great universities and colleges in the area massively talented, um, yep. various industries. So yeah, what, what is it going to take to get them to stay? And I think, yeah, internship programs, continuing as a community to put time, money, and energy into some of the things like the city government has done to help out yeah. on that front too. So I, I think it's been a, it's a group effort right, to is. get us to that place. Uh, but I think I'm, I'm excited to see where we're headed because I think that we are going to soon have a lot of really good negotiating points as a, as a community. So, well, we're a growing community too. I think I, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that you do have a lot of people moving from Lubbock from outside of yeah. Lubbock for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. And um, it's important for your brand to be out there. So, we started talking about the chamber. Like, why would I want to be, why would I pay that fee for the chamber? Well, I could, I could probably spend an hour talking about all the value and benefits of it. But one really important is the networking side of things. And because mm -hmm. when people come to town or their, their spouse is coming to town for one reason, but they're looking for a job, you want them to know that you exist and mm -hmm. that you're hiring. And so you want to be out there in, in any avenue, but the chamber is a great one to be able to say, hey, we're hiring. We need a jobs. Uh, we have plenty of jobs. Please come work with us. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, as we kind of wrap up here, I want you to just tell us one thing that you maybe haven't already covered. If I didn't give you the platform to do that, what's one thing that you like to bestow on other business owners, a piece of wisdom, advice? I know I didn't cue you up for that question. Yeah. I kind of wanted to be in the moment. So, um, I think, I think if, if I was, to, I, I'd probably talk about collaboration. Okay. Um, you know, I think too many times I, I came from Chicago and it is very dog eat dog. Like, mm -hmm. you know, your competitor is sort of the enemy is the mindset. And when I came down to Lubbock, and again, I think it's woven in the fabric of our culture, there is this sort of collaborative spirit of things to where it's okay. It, it, I think that it's not just a Lubbock thing. That's a Texas thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a, I was president of the Texas Apartment Association, and some of my best friends in the industry, or best friends period, came from the apartment industry. And somebody looking at us from the outside would go, that's my competitor. Mm -hmm. That's your competitor. How are you such good friends? You know, I just got back from a trip with two or three of our com biggest competitors in the space. And, you know, we we hosted them. They're like, why, why, why are you doing that? Well, they're our friends. Mm -hmm. And you know 
know what? We're better together. Like I want one of my apartment communities to be next to one of their apartment communities because I know they're going to do the right thing as well as I know I'm going to do the right thing, right thing. And so we'll, we'll, we'll rising tide will rise all boats. We Together we can do that. The other side of the coin is you never know when something's going to happen you don't expect. COVID, for example. I, can I can't tell you how important it was to have relationships and friends mm -hmm. that you could call on who were dealing with the exact same thing, even if it was just for to vent and to know you're not alone in this battle against COVID, but the ability for you to be able to say, hey, what are you doing here? What, how does this work? Tell me about this. Um, and I got, we got great ideas. We also shared really good ideas. Mm -hmm. And so I think if I was, you know, please... If, if you're listening to this, I'd say one, if you haven't thought about counseling, you should. Um, yes. <laughs> and then um, two is like, you know, come in with a collaborative heart um, and, and look to your competition as friends. And I bet you're going to be better for it. We're so glad Dave was willing to join us today and for all the insights that he shared. If you got any value out of this, leave us a comment and let us know how you applied or will be applying some of what you learned today in your specific situation. And hey, while you're at it, Hit subscribe or like or follow on whatever platform you're watching this on, and we'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much.